You are listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold, episode four. Dream for you, dream for me, dream for others. And now your host, award-winning life and business coach, Naomi Arnold. Hi there. I hope your week has been going well so far and thanks so much for squeezing an episode of my podcast into your day. In this episode, I wanted to talk about power and empowerment and not in the context that you might expect a life and business coach like myself to talk about such topics. In case you didn't know, I am studying a Master of Human Rights at Curtin University at the moment. In the last unit that I did, which was called Human Rights, Activism, Advocacy and Change, we examined power and empowerment in the context of human rights. As someone who is so focused on personal praxis, so essentially reflection and action in order to create change or transformation, I'm always trying to apply what I'm learning to my own life and work. I'm always looking for ways that I can personally take action and create at least some change based on what I'm learning. And given I'm an entrepreneur and a coach, I'm often taking the lessons I'm learning in human rights and thinking about how I can apply them to my industry and my work. This lesson on power and empowerment captured my attention because I could see how it could be applied to my work and also how it could offer a framework for how I could think about the different ways that I could act to create social change, particularly in my industry. So I thought I'd share this lesson with you today in case you find it useful as well. And just so you know upfront, you don't have to be an entrepreneur or a coach or a business owner for this episode to be of use to you. I'm going to use these industries as an example or as a case study to illustrate how the theories on power and empowerment can be applied, but you can apply these theories to your own context. So you can apply it to a different industry or a work setting or community or some type of institution or system that you're part of. You can even think about the theories more generally as they are meant to be understood and think about what knowing these theories might mean for you when it comes to personal praxis in your life. I'm hoping that by me explaining how I applied the theory to entrepreneurship, that this will help you see how you can apply the theory to whichever context you choose to as well. All right, let's dive in. Empowerment is often quoted or assumed to be a central objective of the personal development, self-help, and also wellness spaces. So this process of enhancing someone's capacity to show up in their power and create change. Interestingly, empowerment is also often cited as a central objective of social movements and social justice work. Essentially, in these contexts, empowerment is referred to a process that aims to increase the power of those who are not in dominant groups or who experience social injustice. 
Now, Professor Jim Ife argues that there are four theoretical and political perspectives on power and empowerment. And I found these to be really interesting and wanted to share them with you today. I'll pop a link in the show notes to Professor Ive's book on community development for those of you who want to do a bit further reading later. The four theories on power are one, pluralist, two, elitist, three, structural, and four, post-structural. Now bear with me as you might not see the relevance (laughs) to what this means for you yet, but I promise we'll get there. So let's begin with the pluralist perspective on power. This perspective emphasizes that individuals and groups who make up our society are all competing for power. So those who align with the pluralist perspective believe that empowerment is achieved by helping individuals and groups who experience disadvantage or injustice to learn the skills required to effectively and successfully compete within this system. With this theory, we're not changing the system. We're teaching people how to compete in the system and how to experience empowerment through becoming better competitors. For an example, I'm going to apply this to the digital entrepreneurship or online business context. And if you don't work in this industry, hopefully you'll be able to also apply it to your industry or to another context in some way. In the digital entrepreneurship context, researchers have found that power and influence is most likely held by white cis men and least likely held by women of color. As an aside, for those who aren't familiar with the term cis, it refers to those who identify with the sex they were assigned at birth. So if we want to create change here and we're someone who holds a pluralist perspective, we would therefore focus on teaching the non-dominant group the skills required to compete within the online business world. So we might provide lessons on promotion and marketing, on getting clients, uh, making sales and how to successfully build an online business. If we hold, or at least in part hold, a pluralist perspective, we might offer scholarships and pro bono placements in an effort to make those teachings or those lessons that would enable them to uh, compete more, we would do that to make them more accessible. But it's perhaps worth keeping in mind that since a pluralist perspective on power does not focus on changing the system, Some of the strategies or tools or skills that might get taught and might work for the dominant group, for those who are holding that power and privilege, might not actually work or feel empowering to those who are not in the dominant group. Now, an elite perspective acknowledges that power is not evenly distributed between individuals and groups. If you were to hold an elitist perspective, you would assert that power and control is determined by the elites. So a way of changing this would be to join the elites with the intention of creating change from the inside, of of influencing them in some way. 
Again, when applying this to the digital entrepreneurship context, an example might be that if you have access to boards or masterminds or networking groups made up of elites or those in the dominant group, you might join or use that position to increase their awareness and attempt to facilitate change by leaning into and influencing your sphere of influence. Next is the structural perspective on power. If you were to hold this perspective, you would believe that inequality is deeply embedded in social structures, institutions, and systems. So those who hold a pure structural perspective might argue that joining the elites in an effort to influence change is potentially reinforcing the structures that perpetuate inequality. Those who hold a structural perspective emphasize that the process of empowerment is complex and challenging and requires consideration of wider social change agendas and efforts in order to dismantle oppressive systems. So again, in the online business context, quickly, this might include educating entrepreneurs, particularly those in the dominant group, about oppressive systems and the role that they play in upholding structural inequality. The final perspective is the post-structural. It examines the way power and empowerment are understood, often by deconstructing people's subjective worldviews and their language as well. This perspective focuses on evaluating and validating the voices of those who are often silenced or erased. In his book, Ife says the post-structural perspective thus emphasizes understanding, analysis, deconstruction, education, and participation in the discourses of power and sees a simple concentration on action alone as inadequate. So again, if I was to apply this perspective to my industry, it might involve challenging language, theories and advice that perpetuate oppression. It might involve actively seeking to elevate the voices of those who are most harmed by oppressive systems. It might mean, for example, entrepreneurs and coaches challenging their clients and their audiences' worldviews and language. It might include making a conscious effort to ensure that different people and voices and experiences are included in trainings and programs and podcasts and promotions. So these are just four different perspectives. I wonder which one or ones you might resonate with most. Or I wonder if you're someone who feels they might all have their place, depending on the context within reason. Maybe you are someone who can see the shortcomings of some or all of them, but can also see ways that you could perhaps borrow from the different perspectives to create change in some contexts. And regardless of what you believe, I wonder if going through a similar process than what I did when it came to injustice in the digital entrepreneurship space, if you went through that process for your industry or for an issue that you're passionate about, whether it would give you some ideas for different types of actions you could take or different types of things that you could do to contribute to change in that area. 
So this is one of those episodes that isn't designed to give you a clear formula or answer. This one is designed to get you thinking, to ask questions and more questions and think some more, and then hopefully use these reflections to identify some ways that you can take action when it comes to creating change. Because it is such a big topic, I'll share some links to further readings on the topic in the show notes so you can read a little further and examine it further and think about how it might apply in your context and go a little deeper there. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you have a wonderful rest of the week and I will talk to you again shortly. Are you finding this content useful? Imagine having Naomi in your corner all year for monthly one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited email support, and business resources. Visit naomiarnold.com forward slash coaching for details.